Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop here alongside Trey Colbeck with a special bonus episode of the podcast here because we've got a new CBA, baby. The CFL is coming back. Football is getting underway shortly. And boy, can we not be more excited. And we figured, let's hop in here, live podcast, live on YouTube, live on on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, You can find us anywhere. If you're here live, hello. If you're here in the podcast feed afterwards, hello. Uh, Happy to have you here with us. And uh, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate this endless cycle of podcasts discussing the CBA uh, being finally over and having the uh, being able to talk about actual football uh, coming up here. So we'll talk about the CBA one last time today and then no more for the next seven years, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, I'll bring in the whole panel here in just a second. But before I do that, uh, I do want to mention we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And uh, as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree. Ojakri, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now let's bring in the others on the panel. Ad- the great Adam Stewart is here from S- snowy Saskatchewan. Um, what's going on over there, Adam? Well, yeah, we, uh, we it was raining pretty much all day here. Uh, then at about four o'clock, all of a sudden this white stuff come flying down and the ground is almost white here. And, uh, I guess it's prime football weather and let's face it. I mean, uh, we're ready to go. I had to bring out the old stormtrooper white Saskatchewan rough rider hat because of it. And yeah, ready to go for another one here. And just happy that we got a CBA now to talk about a little bit. Right on, right on. And also with us here tonight, the great Trey Colbeck. Trey, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. But yeah, I hope that snow stays over there. I definitely don't need it here. This rain can go away too. I'm supposed to have my first slow pitch game of the night or the season. But I got to wait. But yeah, excited. CBA, I, I didn't think it was going to happen, boys. You know that. You know how the camp I've been in and I'm... Uh, Happy to see it got signed, or tentatively signed, it looks like. Yeah, it is not officially signed at this point here here tonight when we're recording this live on Thursday. Uh, it's still going to a vote here yet, but I mean, the CFL, to me, the CFL and the CFLPA are not going to announce it. The strike is not going to end, and the players are not going to go back to practice if they don't have intentions of signing this deal, especially, you know, the player reps like Adam Big Hill heading back to practice. like. They're not signing. They're not uh, doing this all if the deal's not in place. It's as good as done. There might I could see maybe you know a small tweak here and there, um, but overall reactions to you know just three days ago on the podcast we were talking about. Well, now we're playing the waiting game. Two sides broke off conversation discussions. Uh, we didn't know when they were going to resume. Things were looking dicey. We started talking. You know, are we missing a week? Are we missing two? Are we missing the whole season here? Uh, Adam, let's start with you. Uh, opening reactions to a new CBA deal for the uh, for the CFL. You know, I was uh, real glad to start hearing just after our podcast. You know, I was I don't know if Trey was getting to me or what, but uh, I was starting to go in that boat of this could be a while. And 
I figured, you know, at least the game against the uh, Riders and the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers, figured that's over already. We've lost that, and there's no way that there'll be a deal done at least until maybe next week or getting closer to the regular season. I mean, I was holding out hope, but let's face it, it, it was not looking very optimistic. Then Tuesday, all of a sudden, there was a message saying, hey, uh, they're they're talking again. And it's then all of a sudden, there was another message later on in the evening saying they're actually really getting closer. Like, it's not maybe that far apart, and they're, they're working on stuff. Finally, Wednesday hit, and I mean, let's face it, I was just heading out for a little bit, and all of a sudden, I got the notification from uh, one of our fans uh, just saying, hey, uh, did you see that it sounds like all signs are pointing towards Winnipeg uh, possibly getting ready to uh, play to or practice tomorrow uh, from Jeff Hamilton out of the Winnipeg. I believe it's the free press of the sun. Anyways, uh, so I seen that and I was like, well, that's a good sign if Winnipeg's going in there because, I mean, let's face it, Adam Big Hill has been big on the uh, side of this isn't done, this isn't over. If, if all of a sudden Winnipeg's saying they're going to practice, something's happening. So I tweeted out, I think within an hour or a couple hours, we'll probably end up uh, getting a deal. And five minutes before the Battle of Alberta, we had a deal done. So it was real good timing, real great uh, feeling. Trey, how about you? Yeah, I'm excited to see it. And what the one thing that happened that I'm pretty sure we all said wouldn't happen was the league had to give more. And then they did. So that was why I was in that camp of, it was going to be a long time because I didn't think the league was going to give more. I thought the players were going to stand strong. Nope, the league actually had more to give. So it's good to see that. Uh, yeah, I was really excited to see the boys on the field today. So hopefully yeah, hopefully, whatever, whatever still needs to be worked out gets worked out because I think that would even be a bigger stain if somehow they went back to the drawing board. But like uh, Ryan said, I'm pretty sure it's just the uh, dotting I's and crossing T's at this point. Yeah, this came together real quick. Uh, it was a flurry of activity, a lot of excitement last night. Literally everything that could possibly happen seemed to happen in one night. Of course, this gets dropped in the middle of the most absurd hockey game I've, you know, witnessed in a while uh, where, uh, you know, Calgary beats Edmonton by a field goal, fittingly, uh, with a 9-6 to victory. At the same time, you've got the CBA deal coming out. Like, of course, they happen at the same time. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody else is excited we're getting back to the field. And uh, I guess Calgary and Edmonton are like, eh, we've got a hockey game going on. We haven't stepped off the field because they've been practicing for three days already. Um, but the, so the deal gets done. Uh, seven years in length seems to be the length of the new CBA here. Uh, I know a couple weeks ago on the podcast, we took some uh, some prop bets, I think, in discussion on how long of a deal. Uh, are you all surprised that we uh, that we got to a seven-year deal? Because to me, I, I think it's a, a longer than I initially thought it was going to be. I think I said, you know, four or five years, uh, then see how the TV deal, uh, what happens with the new TV deal. Now, the reports are out there that this is seven years long, but the players have an option after five when the TSN deal ends to uh, to go and do the uh, new deal at that point early, right? So, Trey, what do you think of this? You know, I like it, and it works out to this other timetable. As we saw, the XFL gets a four-year deal with Disney starting next year. 
So that opt-out, so they got locked in. They got the CBA locked in for this whole uh, first stint of the Rock and the XFL. Hey, that's one good. Two, they could go the seven years if they feel it's uh, a deal that still works out. And hopefully, I'm really interested to see what happens in this five-year mark with the TSN deal. Um, we all, you know, one of the things that gets echoed a lot is we need to branch out uh, to things like CTV, CBC, Sportsnet. So I think it was a very smart idea to have that opt out. But at the same time, if things don't change in the TV deal, you know, they got another two years to to go and uh, before they have to maybe renegotiate in seven. I like it all. I know we were all kind of thinking at that lower end deal, like maybe three, four, but five, six, seven's not bad either. How about you, Adam? You know, actually, I was a little surprised that it was seven years. I thought the players probably were going to try to aim for maybe a bridge deal if they were going to have to. But, you know, the CFL, kudos to them. They're proving that they want to be a partner now with the CFLPA, giving them an option and allowing them a spot on the marketing team uh, to go and talk a little bit about maybe, hey, here's some options of what we could do when that TSN deal's coming up. Uh, if it works out and that there's a better offer on the table, or TSN is going to pay more or whatever's going to happen there. At least the CFLPA knows that, hey, we can go in and we can talk to the CFL about this and work with them uh, to make a better CBA than we have right now. So really good on the CFL for doing that to allow that option. Most times you'd think, geez, no, they'll just lock them in for seven years and that's it. You know what? They got an option to get out. And the nice thing is, again, the uh, seven years, you got lots of stability like you just said before, Trey, the XFL is coming. Now, let's face it, they just got a big deal through ABC and ESPN. Uh, like I said, I really, really like this deal, uh, the length of time on this uh, for both the CFL and the PA in this case. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, overall, I think it's a good deal. We don't have an official confirmation from the league of, okay, here's the new deal so far, but we do have, you know, a, a series of tweets, Dave Naylor, Farhan Lalji, two of the major players, and, and breaking down that news for us. And it's a lot of the topics that we've talked about over the past two episodes here already uh, are, are what we kind of see in the details here, but there is a little bit of tinkering here and there with that. Uh, but yeah, the seven-year deal gets done. I think one of the most interesting things in the new CBA deal is the uh, the Canadian ratio, the naturalized Canadian ratio. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I need to go back to school for two more years to study this ratio to fully understand uh, what is actually going to be encompassed by it because uh, it sounds like... Uh, you know, they, there's one guaranteed spot uh, for a naturalized Canadian, which is an American player who's been, I think, with his team for three years or in the league for five, can take a Canadian spot on the field. But then you have the option of three others throughout the season that, that can take up to 49% of snaps, I think it is, in a game. It's either in a game or uh, it's across the whole season. Like, I, I've long thought the CFL game and football in general is a rather complicated uh, game for somebody who doesn't know to get into. Like, why are we making this more complicated than it needs to be here? Uh, Trey, what do you think? You know, I, I, I see it as, a again, a tactic to, to get more American players on board and also to not lose the Canadian players because I believe – is there still seven, or did they make seven plus the naturalized? I can't remember. 
what it was. So you're not really taking a Canadian spot away. You're adding a new Canadian. Um, but I don't know. Again, you don't really think about the passports when you're out there. When you're watching the game, did you really, you know, we've ha- we've seen guys in the past get dinged for not having the proper amount of Canadians out in the field. And did you really know when we were watching? No, you know, they're not going to stop the game. And I believe I thought that it was going to be 49% over the season and they'd have to monitor that somehow. And it'll probably just come as a fine or whatever if you go over it or this or that. So it's, I don't think it's going to really deter fans. Um, if anything... I like the ratio, but at the same time, you want to get the best players out there. So if you're getting more Americans out there that are, you know, have a lot more NCAA experience than some of the CIS players, then fine. It's going to make the game more exciting and I'm not going to turn that away, but you're also going to have your Canadians out there. So I I think so far, everything I've heard about this looks amazing to me. How about Adam? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, everything about that looked very good. I mean, let's face it. I said, who's going to stop the running back Canadian uh, Simone Lawrence now? Uh, just because, again, he might, he might want to use some of those 49% of the snaps to go in the running back position. Uh, let's hope we never see that, though, because I pity the fool that has to stop that guy. But you know what? It just uh, it adds another wrinkle into the uh, interest that there should be when it's VFL free agency time. Uh, let's face it. Now you're going to be looking at those veteran American and Canadians. Uh, Americans, those veteran ones that are actually probably going to be like in that five-year ratio already that have been in the CFL for quite a while, and you're probably going to give them maybe even a premium now. So the veteran American gets maybe a little bit of a better payday that he wouldn't have gotten before. Uh, that doesn't mean that the Canadian is still not going to be important. Let's face it, you still got to fill that roster with something, and for three years, those Americans don't count. So the Canadian right out of the university or out of U sports is going to get an advantage over the guy that just is coming out of the NCAA or even out of the NFL. Uh, another little neat thing that they just changed, uh, if you've been in the NFL for three years and you come up to Canada now, you're not considered a rookie. You don't have to sign a rookie deal. You actually can sign a veteran deal and negotiate. So that part's pretty cool as well. Hopefully it attracts more guys into the CFL uh, that are maybe on the bubble of thinking about, well, geez, I'm going to go for a CFL rookie contract. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, all of a sudden now they get a chance to do an NFL or a CFL veterans contract, which is a little bit better than the CFL uh, rookies contract. So, so I really do like that part about uh, the ratio right now, how it is. It's going to take some uh, definite reading of the books though, to make sure that we got that all, uh, all right in the, in the long run. Yeah. I saw some fun tweets on, on that uh, the past day or so of, uh, you know, teams are going to now need to hire a ratio manager to whose sole job is to, to manage that. And also, you know, one of the things that I think needs to be discussed is how is the league going to enforce this? Like, are they going to have some sort of referee? If let's say it's 49% of snaps in a game, like do they have a designated referee that's counting the number of snaps for each guy on the field like throughout the game and deciding okay nope sorry you're at 49 per you're at 49 percent and then flagging you on the next play are you getting a fine afterwards like they say I, I look I like it as well I, I I'm happy we're still at you know seven I think it's seven Canadians plus the one nat- naturalized American and then you've got those three three factoring in there uh that the 49 percent as well i i do like that um but i think it's going to be very complicated and i would not be surprised if we don't see it fully enforced if i'm being honest if uh 
you know, it's not tracked in a way that's actually going to be enforced there. But uh, we'll see how that plays out and see how, you know, if we get more clarification on how they're going to manage this and how teams are going to manage it too, because uh, let's say it's 49% of snaps in a year. Well, some of the discussion I've seen is, can you load up your American roster for the playoff run? You know, get those Canadians early on in the season and then naturalized Americans down the stretch. So could be interesting to see how uh, guys such as Chris Jones, uh, everybody's favorite coach to watch, uh, manage their rosters with this here. But uh, that is one of the main new things in the new CBA. Uh, what else do we have here? That, what else to you guys stands out the most from the new deal, Adam? You know, one thing that I really liked to see was the revenue sharing portion of it. It did get changed a little bit now that the players are going to get a portion also of the Grey Cup revenue, which is huge. I mean, let's face it, that's the biggest party in all of Canada every year. Uh, the players do are the ones that everybody's highlighted and watching in those games, and they should be rewarded for what, for their efforts into that. So the revenue sharing, plus also it's being audited a little bit. You know how always we say that the CFL is very poor for transparency? Now they got to show it, and that's a good thing that a third party is actually going to be able to audit this and make sure that everything is being done up to up to snuff and up to the book. Because let's face it, if there's one pet peeve I always have on social media is hearing, "Oh well, the CFL's a bush league." No, it isn't. It's a legitimate league. It's done its thing. It's showing off what it needs to do, and we can get past this whole thing of it just being, "Oh well, it's not the NFL." Trey, what's your favorite part of it? So I agree with that. You know, I think the players deserve a big chunk of that. And and even if your team's not in it, you always see guys out a great cup, right? So they definitely help promote it. Um, you know, other than the little things we've talked about, not a lot has come out on what's in the new CBA. Um, so I, I have to say, I just agree with that. With the, I like the, I do like the naturalized Canadian. I think that's a really good idea. And like you were saying earlier, it gives a benefit to guys. So let's, say Americans got three years in a team, then he's got to think, well, if I go to a new team, I got to play two more years before I can get that naturalized position, or I could just re-sign with the team here and get the position, right? So it's kind of like the RFA, UFA kind of idea in the NHL it gives players a benefit to stay with the team that they have been in, but also gives them a benefit to stay in the league. And, and I like Ryan's point too, about the 49% because I was even thinking what if a guy plays the whole one game and then he's injured week two you know what I mean and they could they could definitely look at things around that and we know how smart some of our general managers and coaches are in this league and I don't know whatever like I said whatever gets the best players out there I don't really care you know that's what I want I'm just ready for uh our preseason game Adam that's been re uh, rescheduled uh the Banjo Bowl preseason and uh and get the games going. That's all I really, the most thing I'm excited about. Yep, absolutely. You've got the uh, Tuesday night football, I guess, there uh, at 6.30 p.m. in Saskatchewan. The Rough Riders and the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So that'll be a fun one, I suppose. Just hopefully there's no snow on the ground on May 31st. It's going to happen, isn't it? You jinxed it. Way to go. Uh, but hey, we didn't jinx the CBA. You know, a couple days ago, we things were looking rough when we were here, and we we talked about uh, how how they well or not well things could go. They went well. We're back here, and 
you know, we took bets on how many games we were going to see missed and we're not missing any, like that game is getting rescheduled. Uh, you know, the one that was supposed to take place long weekend, Monday gets rescheduled for eight days later. I don't really think that's the end of the world either, because the way the preseason schedule worked out was that game was, uh, you know, week one was, I think the only game of week one, essentially of a three week preseason. So, uh, you know, move things around a little bit. It was a week before any other games. I don't think you're missing a beat with this preseason schedule at all. One of the interesting things I had, uh, you know, seen, and I think Mike, who, uh, you know, couldn't make it here uh, with us tonight, uh, uh, he had brought up to me was the idea of, you know, could you switch the preseason schedule around and have Calgary and Edmonton play the Monday game? Because these teams have been practicing already. That's the big concern here, right, is the lack of practice. But uh, no, I'm happy with how things have worked out. The game's moved. Yeah, Tuesday night might be a little bit weird, but uh, we're known to have a weird schedule here and there. And uh, now training camps begin, and I'm beyond excited to, to see things uh, get done here. Yeah, I am too. I mean, let's face it, uh, I'm just looking forward to going and seeing whenever Chris Treffler arrives in Saskatchewan and ends up by just putting on a green and white jersey and seeing how the looks on a few of my uh, colleagues' faces when that happens. That isn't going to happen, is it, guys? <laughs> no, I, we could talk about that later, but I think if Strevy comes back, I could either see Ottawa or Winnipeg. That's my two landing spots for him. Either he'll go under Lapo and Lapo will utilize him there or he'll come back. But, uh yeah. You know, we'll talk about the schedule. It's not a big deal. Most guys don't even play both games. So having a quick turnaround now and squishing it in, like I was looking. So now the bomber, uh, that'll be Winnipeg's second game. And it's on the road. They're probably not going to take everyone anyway. So it doesn't matter. And then now you have Saskatchewan has their home game. And they three or four days later in BC have a road game. They're not going to take everyone to that one either, right? So you're probably going to have half your roster playing anyway. So it doesn't really matter. And uh yeah, and we could talk about the Calgary-Edmonton thing. I don't think it's that much of an advantage to you guys. Like, what, three days of practice? Like, if this went longer, okay, but three, four days of practice. These guys were having practices already anyway. A lot of them, they have their individual workouts. I don't, I don't see it being a real huge thing. Well, if you're Edmonton and you're a quarterback, you're not really getting much more practice time than any of the other teams because you have to share it with 13 other guys. Um in the Edmonton quarterback system. No, that's a great point though, that yes, there hasn't necessarily been formal practices for, for these other teams, but Montreal's the players have done players only walkthroughs. We've seen it here in Winnipeg as well. I'm sure it's happened for other teams around the league. Uh, I agree. I don't necessarily think it's, it's a huge advantage either way for, for these teams. I don't know, Adam, what do you think? Nah, it's not really much. I mean, maybe a little bit of an advantage for Edmonton to evaluate some of the guys they've had. I mean, they did have a big release the other day. Uh, the one Canadian receiver, I'm sorry, on the name right now is, um, is what Jalen I'm thinking. Smith. Jal or Jalen Smith. So that was kind of interesting that they could make an evaluation and decide to move on from him. Uh, but, I mean, that's the only team really – I mean, Calgary's not really – changing everything in the world in their team this year. They're going to want to do some evaluating too, but I mean, I think it's more Edmonton might gain a little bit because of it because they got the extra days of evaluation. Nothing more serious. Nothing that's going to cause a game to be that's going to win a guy a game either way. 
So, so the CBA deal gets done here. Uh, like we said already, you know, very quick. Uh, it seemed to turn around and happen. Do we think they actually broke off conversations for those couple of days? I mean, it seems like they did. And how close do you think they were initially uh, when they broke things off? Because, you know, we were going through three straight days of 12 hour talks and then it seemed, okay, we heard nothing. We heard nothing. Maybe a Tuesday rumbling of under the hood, little secret conversations going on here. And then boom, Wednesday was kind of, yeah, let's get ready to play football. Like, um, what do you make of how, just how quickly things turned around there? Was it, did cooler heads just prevail after they took uh, maybe a day off to go and review and, and see the situation where they're at? Trey? Yeah, I think that, well, every great deal has somewhat of a backroom aspect to it. I'm sure they always talked and kept in communication. I don't believe that there was actual silence. Um, if there was actual silence, I think there'd be no CBA right now. They wouldn't have just magically happened. Uh, yeah, but the cooler head thing, too, we knew a lot of the players were very adamant. Um, I think that's maybe one reason why, too, the Blue Bombers backed up on having the fans come pick it, because I think they knew that there was some rumblings. And uh, I don't know about the Hamilton turnout. It looked like there was mostly players there. So I think that they kind of knew this was coming. Not uh, not too shocked either that they kept it, because, hey, both sides were shooting shots on the, uh, on, on the socials, right? So they probably just thought, let's get this done more uh more privately and then we'll go from there yeah that's probably what happened i mean let's face it saturday yeah it was maybe a little bit of a a little bit of turbulence but overall i probably they said look let's just take the weekend take sunday off let's both think about this and what we're going to be doing here if you guys got to go on strike go on strike do what you got to do but you know what i think the players realize that it was a fairly, like, there was a pretty good deal already up there, and the framework was almost there for a deal uh, with some changes. They knew it probably was going to work. Uh, and, yeah, just I'm sure that they mostly kept in touch. I don't think there was a real big uh, breakup, and they just went completely separate ways. I Like I said, I think that the deal was kind of roughly structured by Saturday, probably by Monday, Tuesday, with a couple tweaks, we ended up with what we did on Wednesday. I'm, I'm just so happy to see the sides come to a deal that I genuinely feel like the players are actually happy with because that's what, and that's what we talked about last episode, right? A lot of it was, you know, a lot of the tactics of trying to force the players into a deal they, they aren't happy with. And, and yeah, they may have not made all of the progress in this one CBA deal, but I think they made a pro made progress in a lot of key areas. I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, guaranteed contracts. Uh, the third year of a contract can now be 50% guaranteed. We talk about the, the length and, uh, you know, medical coverage and benefits for players post-career. Like, these are things that, you know, it's almost mind-boggling that they weren't in a CBA deal until now. Uh, that it's it's great to see. And, and yeah, the negotiations, they got a little ugly at times and they got out in the media and, and public and had us all scared there for, for a wee little bit that, uh, you know, our season might be delayed or lost. But at the end of the day, 
no harm, no foul, particularly in terms of lost games, lost season, anything. And uh, kudos to the players for standing up for what they felt was right and getting a deal that uh, they're happy with because they're locked in for for seven years, well, at least five years now, potentially seven. Uh, and you want to make sure they're happy for that long and uh, out there on the field producing as much uh, and as well as they can, right, Adam? Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, let's face it, it was a win for both the CFL and the CFLPA, plus just generally each of the teams and their fans. It was one of those deals that, like I say, you could, as a fan, you could say, look, the players gained in this deal uh, much more than they have in previous CBAs. They've, they've gotten better. You're right. On safety, it's much better for the players now. For uh, injuries after the game, they're going to be covered for a little longer. Uh, they got some extra salary in there. They've got some guaranteed contracts, which was never happening previously in the CFL. Um, I think that the CFL gained in this as well because now they have a partner that they can work with uh, when it comes to maybe betting and maybe bringing in some extra revenues for these teams. Uh, the players feel like they can work with their owners or work with their clubs to try to build a better team and maybe make some extra uh, income for these teams. And when, let's face it, when you have more income, better sources of revenue, everybody should win. And this, in this deal, I think everybody really did. Trey, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, again, this seems like one of the better deals that the players have gotten in recent history. Um, and yeah, I don't think feel like the league had to give up an arm and a leg to give the players what they wanted, right? So seems very manageable and I guess time will tell. I hope that I hope that we're not having the same problem in five years, though, because uh, I hope the league can kind of start trending in a more positive manner. But maybe that's something we can talk about in episode one thousand five hundred and five years from now, right? So, um, but yeah, right now it's all positivity, and it's really weird to feel this happy as a CFL fan because usually there's more doom and gloom or a little bit more. Uh, hesitation to be this excited but we know for five years we got cfl football unless there's another pandemic yeah oh god forbid please no <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't speak that into existence Trey. um yeah no i agree and uh i wish i could remember who i saw this take from on twitter but i agree with it wholeheartedly like this cba deal that they have in place like a seven-year deal here with the players there's revenue sharing for the players they've made a progress in a lot of areas here like this speaks to the volume of the cfl is not a dying league like the cfl is here right and it's here to stay and they have plans for growth and they have plans to include the players as part of that growth finally which is wonderful to see so that's a take i had seen that you know um uh, yeah i kind of think i agree with where yeah it seems like now the cfl's got the deal done they've got it in place now it's now it's thrive on and off the field let's work together and thrive and, and you know i think it's a win-win for both sides here Absolutely. And let's face it, it, it can't help but help with the talent on the field, with the quality of everything going around. Let's face it, as a guy that just maybe didn't get a drafted in the NFL, you're probably thinking this is it, right? Most guys that don't get drafted, they're okay, it's over. I'm understand. I'm not going to maybe go nowhere. There's the odd guy that comes in and says, I want to try the CFL because I want to sell another back road into the NFL. Well, 
if the CFL is shown as a viable league that pays a fair little bit, that's actually that has a lot of benefits to you, I could see NFL or previous or like I guess the way it would be is the guys that didn't get drafted would be guys that maybe would consider, hey, it's worth going up north for two years, three years, see what I can get on tape. If I can make a big splash in the CFL and get paid to do it essentially where I don't have to be thinking about my family at home and if they're making enough or keeping on going, that they can actually maybe play in the CFL. And and like I say, if you get the game film, you never know what can happen. You might all of a sudden end up down in the NFL one day uh, like a certain quarterback that I keep bringing up. Yeah, for sure. No, you you hit the nail on the head here. And, and I loved this tweet uh, from Dave Naylor yesterday that, uh, you know, significant gains for the players isn't a loss for the league. Like, like it's one of those things where if you get a proper negotiation from both sides, it benefits both sides. Uh, and, you know, he said being known as a league that treats its players fairly and, you know, welcomes and, and works with its players is beneficial for business, is beneficial for player recruitment. And I think that hits the nail on the head here. So uh, they've got the deal done for now. Now let's see what they do over the next five years. I, I want to see the two sides, you know, continue to discuss, okay, how can we grow the game over these next five years? Like this isn't, okay, thanks. Thanks for signing. Shake our hands. Now go out on the field. Now we, you know, we're the owners, you're the players go work. I, I hope it's not that. I hope it's a truly a partnership going forward over the next couple of years, working on new ventures because the CFL is always trying to innovate things, whether it's CFL 2.0, whether it's, uh, you know, the, uh, the genius sports uh, data integration deal, like get the players association, get the players involved there. Cause not only are they the ones you're marketing out on the field, but also like, you've got some smart guys in there and you've got some creative guys in there in the CFL. And I would love to have their voices involved on, yeah, what you do with deals like this data deal. Trey, what do you think? No, I think it's, it's pivotal. Like they got to keep going forward. And like we, we, we mentioned a lot that XFL and the rock, right. And I actually do have a conspiracy question for you guys. Do you think it's interesting that the TSN deal ends the same year that the XFL one will so again, in four or five years, are we going to have that whole conversation again? If the both leagues are are trending and working good, are they going to try to collab again in five years? Though, so, you know, I think they definitely, but definitely here in uh, north of the border, you got to keep moving up. I like, other than the four downs, this genius sport seems to have a lot of ideas going forward. I've heard there could be a lot of big things coming when it comes to gambling. And we all know I love to waste my money on that. So, you know, it's, I think, I think that's a big one, gambling and getting the players involved. Like I said, you need to have uh, video games. You need to have them uh, uh, promotions. I would love to see the the co-op chips again, like the Durant, uh, whatever it was, like Buck Pierce barbecue and stuff like that. You need to get that out there again because you can't go two seconds without hearing Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, name your NFL player. You could just, even people like my girlfriend who know nothing about sports know those names. But then I say some CFL player and it's like, what? You know, other than a bomber, she has no idea what I'm talking about. So you need that, right? And I hope that the players in the league and this genius sports uh, and every partner, TSN included, can get that going. Yeah, it was actually interesting the other day to see uh, Marshall Ferguson actually saying that TSN was in a meeting 
I uh, didn't want to say with who or with what, but I mean, let's face it, pretty much they kind of knew that Genius Sports was behind this. Uh, and it seems like the TSN's very excited about this sort of stuff. Uh, you looked at what uh, BC and Edmonton are doing right now. I am so relieved that that Edmonton Elks game is going to go on here uh, with uh, the support for going out to the Ukraine uh, uh, situation out there. That's going to be great. The One Republic stuff from BC, that is going to be awesome. I mean, that's a top brand, a top name. That could be a great cup headliner and is going to do the regular season opener. That That's huge for the CFL. Uh, there's more things that they can be doing, and I think that they will be doing these soon enough, including with the with the uh, in-game betting and with game betting. That's going to be huge money for the CFL coming in. Uh, it's going to benefit the clubs. And again, I hope the players can get a piece of that as well as we're going along with it. Uh, right? Yeah, we've got a few comments here in the chat. Uh, Chris Agger says, uh, cheers, boys. We can all exhale now that the deal is done. I have faith within reason the league will improve the relation with the PA. Yeah, I think that's a lot of what we were just talking about there as well, that, uh, you know, getting a solid deal done is certainly underway with that. Uh, and then YouTube chat, uh, McGarvey02 says, uh, CFL needs to take advantage of the content era. BC and Edmonton have done a great job with the offseason behind the scenes content. Got to get it league wide. Yeah, that's something we've seen a lot of. And I want to throw Ed, uh, Ottawa in the conversation there as well, because they've been producing, you know, a series of insider videos, you know, on. Uh, Pretty much every team. Uh, I know Toronto, uh, right after free agency, I think it was, there was a great article by Mike Hogan, I want to say it was, who they let inside the, the basically the war room throughout free agency to document everything going on. And I recommend going back and reading it. It was a great read. Like We're getting more in-depth insider content here around the CFL, which I love to see. We've got the Elks, who... I think the Elks have started some sort of Elks influencer program on social media. I know they had a big meeting there with, with Victor Cooley and, 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 you know, the, the social media manager, uh, her name escapes me off the top of my head. I do apologize um, over in Edmonton. And uh, I'm excited to see what that all entails as well. It's certainly not going to hurt to help grow the brand. Uh, for these teams around the league. Uh, what do you guys think, uh, starting with you, let's go to you, Adam, uh, on the content era of the CFL? You know, I've seen that the CFL also hired a new gentleman for uh, social content. Uh, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but I uh, wish him all the best. Uh, let's face it, your first week starting in and you've had a CFL strike that pretty much everybody wanted to probably tear your head off about on social media. So if you're one of those fans out there that does that, don't do that, okay? Seriously, these guys here don't need to get their heads taken off because they, they don't control the uh, stuff in the back. However, they do have some great content ideas, and I really, really hope the TSN works with them. Uh, so they can get all the content and get some really exciting things going on. Maybe get some reverse angles. You've seen that 360 view that they have for hockey games uh, where you can move around or do whatever you'd like to do with uh, in an NHL game. Why can't we do that in the CFL? It, it shouldn't take much nowadays. There's all sorts of technology and the content is there. Uh, just got to be a little bit creative. Think a little bit outside the box. And you know what? I think the CFL is going to nail some of this stuff this year. I really hope that they do a lot of promoting of themselves as well, not just the teams, but promote yourselves to the CFL. Trey? 
Oh yeah, I agree. And as someone who does uh, control social media accounts for the harness racing here in Manitoba, don't shoot the messenger, right? We're just putting out the information that we're getting told. Um, but yeah, like I said, they got You got to keep growing the brand, and I, I get hesitant with the influencer thing because I guess it depends on the rules. You can't want everybody being an elk influencer. So as long as the, as long as the process, uh, the vetting process is okay, because you don't want any anybody who has access to a phone to be influencer, uh, a brand influencer. But it's what you need, right? We live in that world where we live. I, <laughs> I spend 90% of my day on TikTok or Twitter or whatever, you know, it's what we do. And unfortunately, I don't see much CFL. I know there's a CFL TikTok account. I know they're on Twitter. I know they're on Facebook, but I don't see much of it. I, you, Hey, they don't play They're not playing football right now, but I see way more NFL than you see CFL. So they got to get going because they got what a month until kickoff, less than a month till kickoff now. So, you should be pumping out hundreds of videos a day. You got nine teams going to camp. You got nine teams that you can get content for. Make it work. You know, it's, I think that this league has so much they can promote. They got, you know, they got the hometown stories. You got the, like you said, the Americans who don't get drafted to come up here, the comeback stories. You got so many stories that you can tell on a weekly basis. Um, so, you know, definitely, uh, Definitely should keep it going. Sorry, I just saw the comment and I got distracted there. <laughs> nah, no the other one also, again, like uh, McGarvey02 just said, uh, the individual teams are really doing a lot better of a job than, than they used to. Uh, the Arrows Up series, I've taken a look at a couple of those already. And man, are they interesting. That little uh, talk with Nozer. Man, he made me feel like, you know, yeah, that's exactly how we all, all the guys in Saskatchewan answer the phone. Uh, it, you know what? It just makes you feel like you're a part of, uh, part of something. And uh, uh, kudos, yeah, to the BC Lions content creator for doing some of that stuff. Really would love to see that in Montreal and would love to see that in Toronto as well. Uh, and I think we will. I, I think that there's some good content creators out there now in, the, uh, in each team. And uh, it should be good to see. Uh, I, I found the names that escaped me earlier because I want to give them credit. Uh, Ali, A.A. Liana Marie uh, on Twitter uh, is the, the one championing the, uh, the Elks Influencer Program. And uh, the CFL's new uh, coordinator of content is uh, Connor O'Neill uh, from CF Perspective. So uh, shout out to both of them for a job well done uh, with the online presence of the league. Uh, we... Yeah, we're in the content era. We're in the football's back on the field era. Uh, we, we got a good question in here uh, from our good friend, Mike, uh, who, who did text me this before uh, or send this to us. Uh, said, uh, something to ponder. Uh, how do you think the new owners influence this agreement as far as what to give? You know, BC, Montreal, uh, new president in Edmonton. Seems to be some newer forward thinking uh owners here uh how much do you think that weighed into things uh with uh with the decisions there how here, here do you think you know fresh faces across the board maybe uh, you know maybe it's not the same old cba we've seen before trey yeah i think it hugely affected it we we've kind of grown used to this that there's about what five or six teams that kind of clump together and then two or three that kind of go the other way but getting some new faces in there starting to spread it out you know we know that uh when it came to the xfl stuff there was a lot from 
a team down uh, in the the sixth there that have seemed to lean one way, you know, and now the other teams lean the other way. So there's a lot of division in the even in the board of governors, I think. And I think having uh, new ownership and new ideas is definitely a good idea. How about you, Adam? I 100% agree. Uh, let's face it, to having a guy like uh, David Braley, as much as he helped out the CFL and did a great job at helping the CFL, I think it was a good thing that maybe he wasn't in the room this time. Uh, having new guys like uh, the new owner of the BC Lions in there, having our new having a new president of the Edmonton Elks, Victor Kui, I don't know if he was really directly involved in these negotiations, but definitely he's got to be influencing some of this. Even the Montreal owner, uh, having new blood in a thi- in a anywhere, it just brings new ideas, brings new innovation, and let's face it, it certainly would have helped this uh, CBA come along the way it was. I can't see any way that it wouldn't have. Uh, and like I said, you still have those traditional groups, though, like Saskatchewan, like uh, Winnipeg, uh, that still know how to maybe run how things ran and how they should maybe run a little bit. I'm sure that they also had some influence in this as well. Uh, they had things that they wanted to make sure that got changed up. I'm sure probably the padded practice thing probably was an idea, probably from one of those guys that was more of a traditional thing. Uh, and I, like I said, in, in the end, you got to have everybody's input into this. And I think it was pretty much everybody's influence. The new guys probably helped it out, maybe be a little more innovative than it ever used to be. So the deal's done. Football's coming back. Training camps started across the board today. Very exciting to see. So, uh, you know, it, it, well, it's time to celebrate, right? Like CFL is back. If if I had the, you know, if we had the musical rights to celebrate good times, come on, you know, that song, right? Like I would play it on the podcast right now. We don't. So I recommend everybody go after this and uh, listen to it and have a little dance party to celebrate. Um Training camps have started now, so so let's shift the focus there a little bit. We don't really have a whole lot because it was one day of training camp. But uh, over the coming days, wh- which teams are you guys most intrigued to watch throughout training camp here? Uh, let's start with you, Adam. I think the one team I'm really interested to see is the Toronto Argonauts uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I'm still not really sold myself on the quarterback situation there. I know they got McLeod Bethel Thompson. They say that he's his, their their guy. I just don't know about that, and I'm still wondering how that's going to work. Plus, also how they can uh, fit Andrew Harris into that uh, lineup. I mean, let's face it; they have had problems blocking for the quarterback. Andrew Harris should be a big part of that. However, he's also got to figure out a whole new offensive line uh, and how to make, break some holes. So I think he'll learn pretty quickly, and I think he'll be a big part of that Argonaut team. But I'm very interested to see how that's going to work. And also, of course, I'm wearing the green hat a little bit here in Saskatchewan. I am really, really looking forward to seeing new national uh, defensive lineman Charleston Hughes and uh, seeing what he actually brings to camp this year. That'll be very interesting to see that one. Uh, And he's got some challenge behind him. I mean, it's not that he's guaranteed anything like anybody in the CFL nobody's guaranteed anything so that's going to be very interesting also it's going to be very interesting to watch and see the backup quarterback battle in Saskatchewan when the uh, depth chart came out today Mason Fine was actually marked as your backup quarterback so that's kind of interesting as well so those are the two I'm interested in right now Trey which ones are you looking at 
I got Edmonton circled uh, on my list here because to see what's going on. And I'm really interested to see with the quarterback situation. I want to see how uh, Kenny Lawler fits into this mess as well. Now, you know, had an amazing season in Winnipeg last year, other than what I think what two games he had to miss. So other than that, you know, he best receiver in the league easily. So I want to see how that goes. And I want to see how Chris Jones manages this team. And um, I think like we talked about previously, I think they could easily be the wild, the wild dark horse in the West. And I think it's got to start start from day one. And that, like we talked about earlier too, that was one of the teams that maybe benefited from having an extra two, three days on the field. So Really interested to see what the pesky Elks will do. Um, also Winnipeg. But my big watch is I'm really interested in Strebler. Every time he gets cut, you know, I'm sure his mentions from north of the border on Twitter go off. Like, he's got to turn them off, I'm sure, at this point. But I, I'm i really interested. He's got to come back at one point. There's only so many teams down south. And now he's went from Arizona to Baltimore to Miami. If Miami doesn't want you, you know, you're kind of starting to lose on your teams that might want you. So. I think in general, he's my big watch because I don't know if he's a starter, but now with that second quarterback rule, he got a little bit more valuable, I think, even here. So, like I said, does Ottawa, Winnipeg, because Winnipeg still needs a kind of a backup, you know, where where is he going to go? I think that would be interesting to watch, but watch him uh, watch him get signed somewhere again down south, but we'll see where he ends up. Quick question also, guys. How many years has Chris Traveler been in the league? Two. Three, two, three, two. two. Okay. So first, year was, first year was nineteen, and then the six. No, eighteen, and then eighteen. 19, yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. really won the one cup. Yeah. And let's face it, that's kind of why I'm also interested in the Argonauts because I think if there is a place for Chris Trevler to really go, yeah, I'm saying Saskatchewan because of the chaos. It honestly, it's the Argonauts that I think uh, possibly could take a real run. Chris Trevler, and especially if they have a funny feeling about McLeod, Bethel Thompson, that's one team that I see is looking for a quarterback and looking for one quickly. Well, yeah, the thing is, I think because we're so into training camp now, I think some team's going to have to give him backup quarterback money for one year, and I think he still thinks he could probably be a starter somewhere up here too, right? So he's got to look at where could he maybe start next year. And maybe Toronto's that one. Like you said, maybe Bethel Thompson has a bad year and Strevley can... Uh, can take over next year. It's interesting to see. That's why I think Ottawa, because I think he'll fit under the Lapo offense, but you know, Ryan, what are you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I see it the much the same way as you, Trey. I, I see Ottawa being a good fit with Lapo. Somebody is familiar with, you know, Apple likes to bring in his former quarterbacks. That's why, you know, they had Nick Arbuckle in Ottawa and then decided they wanted Matt Nichols instead. Not that that worked out too well for them there, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued to see if Strebler will come north of the border because I think he could have even more of a role now than he did uh, back when he was with the Bombers before uh, due to the new rule here. Uh, and, and another thing in the new CBA is uh, we're back to three quarterbacks on the game day roster, it sounds like. That was something that I never understood last season. We had a game where... Nate Bahar had to play quarterback for Ottawa in the final three minutes of the game because Matt Nichols and Dominic Davis both got injured. Like, and I guess it was, you know, to allow one extra spot for a different position on the field. You know, you don't always use the third string that often, but I don't know if I want my backup quarterback out there necessarily on the third down, you know, one yard runs getting tackled in that pile 
when if my starter gets injured, my backup's got to go in to play and I expect him to play well, right? Like you look at some of these teams, like you look at, to me, it's Montreal is an example where you've got Vernon Adams Jr., great starter. You've got Trevor Harris, who's kind of in more of a backup role right now. Solid quarterback, could come in, fill in as a starter if you need. But he ain't going to go, like, he's not your third down goal line plunge type of quarterback to me. So, you know, having a third quarterback back on the roster uh, is something I'm excited for in the new CBA. Uh, You know, among the teams uh, I'm interested to watch, I think, uh, like Trey said, Edmonton, uh, the quarterback battle there and uh, the quarterback situation in BC. And we have a, you know, a comment in the chat as well about Nathan Rourke. What do we expect from him this season? I honestly don't know what to expect. I think it could go very well. I'm high on what I've seen from Nathan Rourke uh, in the few games I saw last year, but we've seen quarterbacks have potential uh, after a couple of starts. You know, James Franklin is an example. Didn't really take off. Nick Arbuckle, well, he's bounced around from a couple of teams. So I don't think we'll know until we get underway with the season, truly what we see from, from Nathan Rourke. Yeah, pretty much that's what it is. Although I got to say, from what I seen from him last year, if that guy has an offensive line out of him, I think the sky's the limit for Nathan Rourke. Honestly, he's got a good arm. He's got smarts. He knows what he's doing out there. Uh, like I say, if he can just calm down a little bit because he's got a little bit of a help in offensive line. And I mean, having Noah Zer out there, maybe he'll help fill some of those holes. I think that Nathan Rourke could really have a great year this year. Uh, and I think the BC believes in them very hard. They already have released Isaac Harker off of their roster, which was a very big surprise because I thought if nothing else, I could, Isaac Harker is going to at least uh, press Nathan Rourke for the job. I didn't think he was going to get it. I thought Nathan Rourke would be your starter. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm quite high on Nathan Rourke. And also, uh, let's face it, he's not the only Canadian quarterback anymore, which is really cool. You've got Trey Ford, who's probably going to very, very much compete in that uh, 13 quarterback situation there in Edmonton. I think he's probably going to be either number one or number two, probably starting out. Uh, And also in Montreal, you still got Vernon Adams Jr. there, and he's going to have a great year, I believe. He's going to be wanting to uh, show the 2021 was not his best year. He's going to come back flying as well. So, Trey, what do you think of Nathan Rourke? You know, I I want him to do good. Like I for the for the sake of his passport, I want him to do good. Do I think he's going to? I wasn't very high on BC this year. So, like you said, I hope that old line's a lot better. If that old line gives him time, I definitely will. That will definitely bode well for him. I don't know. I was just kind of looking at his stats. I think he had three, uh, three touchdowns and five interceptions. You know, and for eight hundred yards, roughly, you got to change that up. Obviously, if you want to be successful in this league, but then again, it all comes down to the old line. We know that here in Winnipeg and Saskatchewan, when you have an old line, that's your great cup year, right? So I don't know if their old line's there yet, but hopefully soon. And just to go back to Ryan's point, yeah, I really like the three quarterback rule coming back because I feel like with the two, we get in that emergency goalie kind of territory, which it works somehow in the NHL. Sometimes that's the most exciting game is when the Zamboni driver, right, comes in to beat the team he cleans the ice for. But I don't think he can do that in football. We saw that in the NFL as well with COVID when uh, I think it was two years ago, a couple, like I can't remember which team, Denver maybe, where their quarterbacks weren't allowed to play because of uh, contact tracing and stuff. 
You can't have that. You need a quarterback to get in there. So having three guys, and like you said too, you don't want uh, certain guys to do the goal line punches. What are you going to do? Put some some other guy in there? No, you need your quarterbacks. And it's worth having the guy even holding the clipboard if it's 99% of the time. Hear me out on this. We bring back the Wendy's sponsorship. Wendy's kick for a million, except maybe the court, maybe something quarterback related. You know, two fans go head to head. That's your emergency backup quarterback. Is the winner of that competition? Hundred percent on that. If that idea is not used, I mean, let's face it, you should copyright that right now, Ryan. Because why that isn't is... I involved in the CBA negotiations? We would exactly. have had this deal done weeks ago. Well, see, talking about that, why have the great promotions of the past just disappeared? Like the Wendy, like it was always Friday Night Football sponsored by Wendy's, the Baconator, the official hamburger of the CFL, you know, and then you went right into it. You had the kickoff. And like I said before, the co-op chips. I remember like the only reason I'd ever go to a co-op gas station in the city was to pick up some of those chips, right? Like, so where where's all this great promotion from the past just disappearing? Were they that much of a money waste? Oh, they couldn't have been. I mean, let's face it. Everybody loved all Dressler chips. Yeah, I mean, no matter which side of the border you're on, you always ate those chips. Uh, like I said, or the uh, Darien's Darios or uh, Fantu's Flakes. I mean, those were great. Uh, there was all sorts of those great little promotions back in the day for the co-op. I mean, surely Federated Co-op could do something with that with the CFL. And especially now the CFL and the PA are kind of in labor uh, peace right now. Seriously, guys, make up some stuff and do some stuff like this. The, the training cards... I would love to have a set of cards um, that uh, have like that are promotional stuff for for the CFL. If you look behind me right now, I've got a Nathan McKinnon signed uh, 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 what do you call print behind me. I would love to have one of those that was licensed from the CFL and the PA. That'd be awesome to try to get something like that. Yes, I know some of the teams do that, but yeah, even something as simple as generic CFL brand merchandise, which the league doesn't have a store for. The Red Blacks have started selling that, uh, I'm, I, which I'm not quite sure how they're the only team doing it, but people have been eating it up. People have been calling it for a while. So there are definitely there is definitely room for yeah some some more sponsorships and things like that to, to help grow the game over the next couple of years. And maybe that's a focus, you know, next year and the years after that. Now that we've got the new CBA. We've come out of the COVID loss season. We've got a CBA. We're, you know, back on the field full season this year. I'm just so excited to have football back, man. I'm very excited to have training camps out there, to see the players out on the field, uh, see, you know, the, the, the roster lineup battles. Uh, I'm sure, you know, over the course of the, the, this weekend in the next week or so, uh, where teams have to start cutting their teams down. Well, We'll see some surprise cuts there. You know, Tavon Smith was an early one for Edmonton. There's there's going to be more coming. There always are. Um, so I'm just excited to have football back, man. Uh, that That's my best way to sum this up here tonight. Uh, anything else you guys want to touch on before we get into wrapping things up here? I was going to add, I, I know the fan two flakes too well. My high school principal, big Rough Rider fan, anytime I got called down to the office, he made sure to put them right on his desk because that's usually when the Rough Riders were doing better than the Bombers. So I know those fan two flakes too well. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, there are so many of those great promotional things like that. And uh, 
like I said, the Fantoos Flakes. Even the CFL on TSN going and saying in, in Saskatchewan, the Canadian Air Force half the time. That was such great promotional stuff that was made out of that. And I mean, back in the day, Saskatchewan used to be just ridiculous for anything that they would put a Saskatchewan Rough Rider logo on. But uh, you know what? Just like you said, Ryan, I'm super excited for, for football. I'm super excited to get into the prop bets that we're probably going to end up making here. Uh, just the uh, general trash talking that's going to happen between games, uh, between our teams or between other teams that we think are maybe going to do a little better or not so good. Just everything about the CFL. It's just that time of year where you get excited about the foot about football because usually your team is also like let's face it, out of the uh, 32 teams in the NHL, uh, 33 now I guess. Uh, you're you got a team that's out. Uh, usually your team's out by now, especially if you're a Toronto fan. Um, and like I said, uh, it's just namely uh, it's that time of year where you want to get excited about something else. And CFL is right there waiting for you to hold you nice and close. Let's get into it. I'm I'm super excited to be getting doing this here, uh, starting this year. Yeah, and we're finally done with CBA talk. Let's bury it in the past. We've talked about it for a number of weeks here in a row. Uh, let's start getting into the season preview content in the next couple of weeks. The the preseason kicks off, I think, next week, Friday now with the the rescheduled game. Uh, and the regular season kicks off on uh, Thursday, June 9th. So uh, just a couple of weeks away. Uh, what's coming up here on the podcast? We're going to get into the season preview content. Uh, I think next week uh, we'll, uh, we'll preview the East Division in the CFL. Uh, week after we'll preview the West Division. We'll have a fantasy sport, uh, fantasy CFL and betting uh, preview in there as well. And uh, before the season starts, our, uh, our annual fantasy draft special here. And then we get right into the season content recaps, previews every single week throughout the season. Very excited for all the things here to come on the podcast and for football itself. Uh, it's been a great celebration here tonight of the return of the CFL. Happy to have you both here with me to do so uh as we wrap things up here uh adam where can people find you on social media and uh what do you all got going on these days well hey yeah if you want to check me out over on twitter i'm at adam stewart one unfortunately you're going to see a lot of not really much proceeding photos for a little bit here just because we got a little bit of snow on the ground and uh but you know what that's okay we'll talk more cfl we'll talk some nhl uh haven't checked what the score of that avalanche game is so i gotta check that right away but uh you know what one nothing the opposite way, isn't it? Thanks, Trey. Anyways, now the trade has made more disappointment for me. I guess, Trey, where can people find you? Yeah, so I was just keeping an eye on it here. Um, you can find me at Trey MB Harness, always down on Twitter, always down to talk football, down to talk any sport. Horse racing got the preakness this weekend. I'm not that excited about it because the Kentucky Derby winner is not racing, which you can ask my opinion about that on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I'm always down to talk any sports. Right on. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Cooper Trooper 42. Uh, tweet a little bit and get more involved in it here uh, back into the social media as the CFL season gets underway. I had the pleasure of being a guest earlier this week on the Third Down Gamble podcast. Don was uh, uh, kind enough to invite me on to talk more CBA 
this was shortly, you know, a day or two before uh, the deal got done. So, uh, you know, we speculated on a lot of things. Uh, I still recommend going back and checking that out. That was a great discussion there. You can find them on Twitter at Third Down Gamble. Uh, you can find us on social media on Facebook. We're the Canadian Football Countdown there. Uh, on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod. Uh, is where you can find us as well. You can find our other co-host, Michael Garrell, at Mike Garrell on Twitter. Uh, make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network, at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Uh, if you tuned in live tonight, uh, we appreciate it. Stay tuned. Lots more live content to come throughout the season. Uh, thank you to everybody who chimed in in the chat with your comments and your questions as well. We love those. Uh, and whatever podcast platform or video platform you're watching or listening on, we always appreciate it if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. And beyond, on behalf of our panel tonight, uh, well, first I'll say stay tuned uh, for uh, exact date and time of next week's uh, season preview show. Uh, check that out on social media to get that. Uh, and on behalf of our panel tonight, Adam Stewart, Trey Colbeck, I'm Ryan Coop saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.